It is a miracle story. You should be uplifted by this. You should be encouraged by this. Plus, in describing it, we describe a lot of COVID details. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Hello everyone, Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. You will hear a little bit of cheeriness in my voice. It's not just because it's the holiday season, but because I'm joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, the miracle Glenn Tate. Yeah, I'm very glad to be here. It is indeed a miracle. Let's describe the miracle briefly to set the stage. There was a 20% survival rate for going on the ventilator. I went on the ventilator. There's an amazing story about how I went on the ventilator and why. And then the prayers of thousands of, of you listeners got me through it. And it's an amazing miracle story. Very positive. So that's what we'll be talking about today. So don't go away. But real quick, we always have to um, say a few, you know, administrative things before we get started. Mm-hmm. The first one is, is a quick shout out always to our awesome sponsors who, by the way, have been incredibly encouraging. And many of them have reached out to me personally, been very encouraging during this time. So first one is always Minutemen Coffee. Love them. They are the exclusive roasters of the I Miss America blend of coffee. Um, unabashedly pro-Constitution, pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, no apologies, and we love them for that. So if you check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com, go over to Friends and Affiliates. You'll see their logo there. At checkout, if you use the term I Miss America, you will get 15% off your order. Another great sponsor of ours, EMP Shield. Again, great folks over there who have developed a device that will protect your devices from an EMP or a coronal mass ejection. That can be your home, your car, your generator. Great folks over there. Use the coupon code. I want to make sure I get it right. Prepping 2.0 and you will get $50 off each device. I encourage you to check out many of these because you can use that coupon code with a lot of their holiday sales that they're having right now. So... We're going to go over in this show real quick, not real quick, we're going to spend a long time going over what just happened with um, Glenn in particular contracting COVID and the and the progression that that took. We feel like, and Glenn, I'm going to let you jump in, of course, because this is your story to tell. Um, there's an explanation that we need to give to our viewers why we kind of went dark and, and uh, for about a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was pretty hard to uh, produce shows when you're on a ventilator, um, and we, I think we held it together pretty well. Yeah. And but that's that's not the focus of this. The focus of this is telling the the amazing story. It is a miracle story. You should be uplifted by this. You should be um, encouraged by this. Plus, in in describing it. We describe a lot of COVID details. Everybody out there is going to get COVID. It's a matter of time. Some of you will have a rather easy you know, time of it, and others will maybe need to go to the hospital. So this is news you can use. This mm-hmm. experience is something that um, will directly relate to your life, whether it's the full meal deal like I had, which was going to the hospital, or hopefully not that for most of you. Those of you who have had COVID can look back and say, man, glad that didn't happen to me. But I stress again, the miracle aspect of this 20% survival rate going on a ventilator. And I beat the odds because all of you guys were praying. Mm -hmm. And this is as much a thank you show as anything else, because you guys and your prayer literally saved my life. And, and Shelby's going to go into some detail about what prayer she prayed, because that has a lot to do with this. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think we can start chronologically, Shelby, with with what happened. Yeah. So let's go all the way back to mid-October. And 
Um, if you go back to the November 10th show, I allude to this, but on October 19th in particular, you and I at home were getting ready to get your ostomy bag reversal procedure. Yeah. Um, on the 19th, we were both starting to feel sick. <clears throat> and, uh, and it was just the cough, the sore throat, the, you know, a sneeze. Didn't here. feel like COVID. No, it didn't feel. It felt like a head cold. It felt like the beginnings of a head cold. And we were down in the vitamin C and do it because we knew in two days on the 21st is when your ostomy reversal was scheduled. And for people who don't know what an ostomy bag is, it's basically a crap bag. Mm-hmm. Um, your 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 Small. intestines are routed into a plastic bag and all of your intestinal material goes into that bag. It is an enormous pain. It is awful. Um, you have to empty the thing. It is disgusting. It inhibits your mobility. It is an awful, awful thing. It is more than just, you know, an inconvenience. It is a horrible, terrible thing. And I was supposed to have the bag removed back in September in Washington State. But guess what? Uh, Another COVID um, emergency declared by that blue state governor um, cleared out all the hospitals for, quote, elective surgery like this. So I, I didn't get it done in September and I had to wait until October where in Montana they're like, yeah, cool. Let's go ahead and schedule this. You know, there was no COVID emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the virus doesn't spread across state lines. Mm-hmm. When you're in a red state, they actually provide health care for people instead of fear mongering and posturing to get votes like they do in blue states. But that's not the uh, topic of today's right. discussion. So it was a high priority to get this ostomy bag removed. Well, and uh, and let me throw this out there. And I said this on November 10th. There are people, and I say this because I'm sure there's some that are listening, that, that live with ostomy bags. And they, they have to for the rest of their lives. And it's a lifesaver for you. And again, mad respect to those people who that is what they need to live with to, to live. And I get that. And a mad respect. Obviously, from what Glenn just said, didn't sit well with him. <laughs> it was no. a huge inconvenience. was not an, an easy thing to live with. And it, you know, it comes with its own set of, of downfalls. The thing about it is, is it, it's a bag that is rerouted at your small intestine and, and is routed around your large intestine. The idea being that your large intestine, um, or, I'm sorry, your colon rest after having just gone through the surgery and the chemo that you had just gone through. So you had that. It was going to be temporary. We knew that from the beginning. And and so we were prepared to have it done at the beginning of September. Oh, it's on hold. So more life on hold, more rescheduling, more, more of that. So here we are on October 21st. You go in, you get reversed. Um, and it's wonderful. And that's, I believe, on a Friday the next day you called me and said, I'm COVID positive. They just tested me. And I'm by then, because this is Saturday now, I'm now coughing and sneezing and, and I'm feeling sick. And, and so, and, and Joel has been too for a while. Although I talk about this in a previous show, Joel is just kind <clears> of, <throat> I don't feel good. And he's playing football. He's, there's no lack of energy. The kid is, just seems to have a small cold. I take him in on that following Monday and we both go in and we get tested more positive. So you're in the hospital positive. We're at home positive. You are then discharged on the 25th. And that's. Yeah, mm-hmm, that was an ahead. interesting discharge. They said, uh, oh, you're COVID positive. Um, we're going to discharge you. And the test for whether I could be discharged um, and go suffer COVID on my own at, at home was whether I could sit on a bed and stand up, which I accomplished, Mm -hmm. and my um, uh, oxygen saturation level was at 90%, which is actually pretty much normal. So they they sent me home with, excuse me, some some, uh, oxygen machines. With no instructions. Yeah, and said, uh, knock yourself out, go ahead and... uh, recover from COVID. Now, in fairness to the hospital, 
they didn't know how bad it was going to be. But um, so I'm discharged with an oxygen machine, which I use because I'm supposed to. And, um, you know, following directions like I'm supposed to. Well, it gets worse. Before we get into how much worse it got, perhaps, Shelby, you could uh, describe some more sponsors. Absolutely. Again, huge thanks to our uh, wonderful sponsors. First of all, big shout out and thank you to My Kind CBD. Uh, Glenn, uh, about a month or month, six weeks ago, did a great uh, VBS with those folks over there explaining why their CBD products are more pure, they're better, they're higher quality. Check them out at our website, prepping2-0.com and click on My Kind CBD. Lizzie McDaniel, great realtor over there at in Tennessee. She also uh, did a VBS with Glenn a while back on why... Um, Tennessee is an awesome red state to consider. She's one of us. She's a prepper. She knows the Tennessee real estate market. And you can find her at redstate-realtors.com. Did I get that? That is correct. Awesome. I got the website right. And one of our next sponsors, Numana Foods. Boy, they're important these days with supply chain issues and whatnot. They specialize in... Uh, bulk freeze-dried food. We're not talking about little servings here. We're not talking about something to put in your pantry and to kind of dip into as you cook this season. This is for deep preps and now's the time to buy those things so that you capture the value now. You can check them out um, at, again, prepping2-0.com and if you use Friends the and Affiliates Friends page. and Affiliates page, absolutely. Uh, use the coupon code PREP, all lowercase, with New Mana Foods and you will get 10% off your order, which is great. That's right. So back to the story of where we were. Um, I'm at home. <clears throat> Shelby is, is sick as a dog. She just had, I say just, because unless you go on a ventilator, it really isn't that bad, Right. No, I'm just kidding. She had terrible COVID, coughing, hacking, just, it was awful. Why don't Mm -hmm. you describe your COVID and then we'll talk about mine. Well, my COVID, I think for those first couple of days was similar. Um, Every little thing causes you to cough. And I'm not just talking, (laughs) I'm talking from the bottom of your gut. Wrenching up lung oysters. and, And flexing every muscle in your core to the point where I was like, I really thought I was going to have a hernia. Um, I still have pain in my left side because I think I cracked a rib or pulled it really, uh, pulled a really deep muscle, but just the coughing fits and just the, to stand up, go to the kitchen, get a cup of coffee and and get back in bed now requires an, an hour and a half nap because it's so exhausting. And in that, I want to say, you may not remember because it's all real hazy, but Joel was an absolute gem during that time. He would bring us beverages. He would uh, bring us boxes of tissue. He would, um, yeah, he took care of us, even though it's hard to remember. But yeah, it's it's awful. The the symptoms are not just a simple head cold. It is, it's awful. I felt the most relief. I don't recommend this necessarily. I would take a hot shower and get the steam in my lungs, and that would be the few moments I could breathe through my nose and then I would step out of the shower and want to pass out because it was so exhausting so yeah and I stress again this will happen to you yeah you will you either have had COVID or you will Um, one of the strains of the flu that's cruising around nowadays is a loosely uh, sourced variant of the Spanish flu of 1918 that should Mm -hmm. give you an idea about how viruses work and the current vaccines from now, this is all new news, so it can change. Uh, from what we know, the current vaccines will not protect you, and the current vaccines need boosters every several weeks. So you're going to, the chances are good that you might get COVID. Even if you're vaccinated and have all your boosters, you're probably still going to have some variation, some. Um, oh. Yep, hold on, I got to turn off the phone. Yep. There's some professional radio. <laughs> so, so the odds are that you're going to get it. And we've talked about this in this in the previous show we did last week with Jeff Reynolds as well as November 10th. So, and talked about ways to prepare for that. But here we are in the middle of hours. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually my symptoms were not nearly as bad as hers. Um, I would, <clears throat> in the beginning, they weren't as bad. I was 
tired and I was coughing, but it wasn't the end of the world. It was the flu. It was, mm-hmm. I normally get sick about, you know, what? this time of the year. Yeah. And it wasn't, excuse me, <coughs> the end of the world. Um, and then it started getting, for me, worse and worse. Really quickly, within about 24 hours. Yeah. And I went um, from a oxygen saturation level of 90%. Uh, the lowest reading I got was 51%, which is pretty much death. Yeah, you're uh, on your way. Um, your your lungs have quit converting oxygen and into something that's usable in your blood, and you're kind of s- suffocating in a sense, in a small way, yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. And so, uh, did a couple nights of of horribleness, and then when it got down to fifty one, that's when it was time to call nine one one. Um, and so we did, and I had a little ambulance ride <laughs> to you, the big do, city. Do you remember what I said to you? Has because they can't, here's the thing that happened that night. So this is like at four in the morning. It's super. It's dark. It's early. It's cold, and I'm COVID positive. You're COVID positive. I know the ambulance uh, staff people will will, and they were they were masking up out on our driveway, putting on their you know PPEs and all that. I, I sat out on the porch and and held on to the dog so they wouldn't get it attack these poor people, and well not attack but you know sniff, slobber slobber all over them and sniff them up and down, and and also to allow fresh air into the house so that they can feel comfortable and all of that. So they wheel you out. Well, you walk out and sit into a, a gurney and they strap you down and they've got oxygen on you. And I walked up to you outside and I and I looked at you and I said, you need to fight. Yeah. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. Um, one of the things you're going to find in this story is my recollection, whether it's sleep deprivation or being on some pretty heavy drugs, uh, there are big holes in my, in my recollection. And this theory, not this theory, this theme of me needing to fight is something that you're going to hear a lot more about because quite honestly, um, I wasn't, I wasn't where I needed to be. I was, I was failing in the fight department and that's part of this story we'll get to in a while. Mm -hmm. But, um, you, you did tell me to fight and I, I, I don't know what I made of it. I mean, um, yeah. I, I don't know that I was fighting at that point. Right. I I just wanted to go to the hospital and get some relief. Yeah. Um, it felt like I was being waterboarded, like um, like I, I was suffocating, like mm-hmm. I was drowning. And when you think about it, at a 51% oxygen saturation level, you kind of are. It's like, you know, you're 51% smothered you know right. somebody's got their hand over your mouth and nose 51% and you're only getting half the oxygen you need it starts to mess with you mm-hmm. and that's one of the things about this um, is that you can have your healthy mindset and make rational decisions when you're healthy but when you are oxygen deprived in this case and sleep deprived needless to say I wasn't sleeping um, weird things start happening mm-hmm. in your head. And this is a good time to pause and note the lesson, the prepping lesson in all of this. When you are not at the top of your game physically, you're going to make, potentially make bad decisions. You need to check yourself and you need to provide extra attention and you need to slow down and ask yourself, is this really a good idea? Because as you'll see, as the story develops, I wanted relief so badly, I did something that was probably not in my medical interest. It turned out okay, but it was very dangerous what I decided to do just to get some relief. Mm -hmm. And that is a prepping lesson in all of this. Um, I don't know. There's no YouTube video. There's no 10-point checklist on how to make good decisions when your body is under incredible stress. You just need to be aware of the fact that your body is under incredible stress and that decision-making 
is not going to be probably as normal right. as it normally would be. So back to the chronology. <clears throat> yeah, so you get taken to the hospital, and here's what was crazy that morning. Keep in mind, I'm, I'm sick, and I'm kind of waiting to hear from the hospital. You were taken away between 4 and 5 in the morning. By 9 or 10, I don't know any. I don't know what hospital you've been taken to. I don't know anything. So I just started calling hospitals, found where you were at. You had just been admitted, and I was told you're comfortable, and you're being admitted to ICU. That should that should scare the heck out of anyone. Yep. Intensive care unit is what ICU stands yes. for. I went straight from the ER to intensive care. I remember they, uh, the medical staff in the ER, they kept looking at each other with weird looks um, when my saturation levels were so low. Mm-hmm. I could tell they were thinking, is this is this guy even alive? Right. It was that serious. 51% saturation level is no joke, you guys. And that's after they've put you on they they put you on a they put you on oxygen in the in the ambulance, yeah. I believe. They put you on oxygen, you know, it's so when if you go back and listen to kind of my video diary of this or my, my past remarks on this, yes, you can come back from 51%, but you obviously you need medical attention to do it. That's not something that, you know, me just putting cannulas on an oxygen tank at home is going to help you recover from. You needed medical attention. Obviously, I see you medical attention. So they managed to that day get your oxygen levels up. Got me on remdesivir. Which, folks, don't start getting on the keyboard and don't start. We know. We know. I'm going to say this. If I see one more person say, well, you know, remdesivir causes long-term organ damage. Guess what? 51% oxygen level causes far more immediate death. And yes, uh, I'm I'm not in there. I'm not in the ER telling these guys that I, I read on the internet right. that some medicine they're giving me is is going to, you know, create organ failure um, maybe years from now. First of all, I'm not sure it is. And second of all, you guys need to understand the immediacy. I'll say this about remdesivir. Um, two friends of mine went into the hospital at the same time, both roughly the same age, roughly the same health conditions. Um, and this is Joe Jaquin and um, Eric Cedarstrom, KHNC radio hosts. Um, Eric Cedarstrom went to a hospital that did not have remdesivir. And Joe Jaquin went to a hospital that did and got remdesivir. Guess which one of them lived? Joe Jaquin, the mm-hmm. guy who got remdesivir. So it's nice being alive and Internet keyboard warriors I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody out there, but I don't want to hear it. Right. Well, and let me put this out there. This is this is the my message to folks. Take care of yourself now. Take care of your, you know, get your immunities up so that you don't go to the hospital because yeah. when you go to the hospital, those choices are taken away from you. We need to take a quick break. Come back on the other side. We've got more to talk about. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. 
EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. <laughs> coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Old, smooth, and never bitter. Ship to you fresh daily, whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemancoffee.com PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet. .com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love new mana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher here. Second half of the show talking about the miracle of Glenn Tate being with us. And I was just talking about one of my points that I've made in in, in a few shows now is take care of yourself. Prep for these. Yes. For, prep for COVID, so that you don't end up in the hospital. Because when you end up in the hospital, um, the choices of medications that you have are very limited. In fact, none. So Glenn being put on remdesivir, while I preferred that he wasn't, they're not going. This is this is the hospital's protocol for how they treat COVID, and they will not deviate from that. So while I I personally would have preferred not. <clears throat> for him not to have that treatment, I, my voice in that is 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 silent. They're not going to listen to me. You know, and you bring up a good point about immunity. We were not prepared. We've, we'll be the first to admit it. We're pretty prepared for a lot of stuff. We were not prepared for this. We did not have um, ivermectin, which would have been a great thing to have as the symptoms started. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little bit of ivermectin, but it was a very small supply and extremely expensive, I may add. Yeah. And so, and, and Shelby was taking that. Well, and it was, it was dosed for my body weight. I hadn't yeah. gotten a hold of any for your body weight, which is different. Exactly. So um, there are ways to prepare for this. This is a preparedness show. We should probably touch on that. Um, immunity, there are all kinds of uh, supplements. We, we're not going to get into a big right. supplement. This isn't the supplement vitamin hour. Well, in the last we've done our we've done a couple of shows on the supplements. Yeah. yeah. So, th- and we'll have some more coming up with a doctor. Yeah. So you guys have got some supplement information. The best way to prepare for COVID, which you will get, is to have your immunity up at all times and to have some of the supplements and preferably some of the medicines that mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past and we will be talking about more. So just wanted to make the point that um, I could have been uh, much more prepared. Um, yes. Well, and if I may add this to that whole thing, I was working on getting 
our supplements, not our medicine side of that, before the ostomy reversal. Things like the vitamin D, the zinc, the vitamin C. The problem was, uh, honestly, was the ostomy bag. If I gave you a tablet of something, it'd be in the ostomy bag in a couple of hours. So your absorption of some of these immune boosting things that could have helped you in COVID was very, uh, was, was sidelined. So our plan, part of our plan was let's get you off this ostomy bag so we can get some of these vitamins in you. It, it, so do you, so while we were unprepared, we were preparing. We were thinking about yes, it. We absolutely. Kind of sort of had a plan, but it, this is a harder thing to prepare for than other things. Oh, for sure. I mean, generators and guns and stuff like that. It's relatively simple. This this is hard because you need to have medicine, frequently expensive medicine, ready to go, and um, not everybody can do that. We right. were we were left flat footed on this one. Absolutely, and we'll be the first to admit it. Absolutely. So let's go back to our chronology. So you're readmitted to the hospital on the 28th of October. That's the ER. I'm sorry, the ER. And you immediately got taken to the ICU. You called me on the morning of the 30th. I'm sure we had a conversation before then, but on the 30th and said, we need to start thinking about, I want to go on a ventilator. And it, that that shocked me a little bit because, and, I, and in that conversation that morning, and I don't know how much of it you remember, you were, I'm tired of of being uncomfortable. I'm tired of... Being waterboarded. Water, waterboarded, and you were just tired. And, and I remember thinking, this is odd. And it was in that conversation where I was first getting the hint of you were, you, you were saying things like, you'll have a good life without me. It's okay. We'll, I'll see you in heaven. And uh, I get to see Jesus. And you were, you were talking about the end. And, that, and here's where the conversation, get, we will, there are answers that we'll, we will never know until we see God. You hear me saying that, what I just said, and you're like, what the heck was wrong with me? Yeah. No, this is, this is the half of the story where I don't come out looking so good. And that is, I, by the way, I don't remember anybody telling me there was a 20% survival rate right. to go on, an, uh, to go on uh, the ventilator. Um, if it, maybe somebody did and I was tired, I wasn't sleeping in the hospital. Um, I was on all kinds of drugs. Um, I was out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And so simultaneously, and this is what I can't explain, I don't know what the, that the odds are 20% that I'll come off the ventilator. Yet I'm basically saying goodbyes. And I can't, I can't square that in my head, how that's even possible. But the doctors kept telling me that uh, going on the ventilator which basically they put a tube down your throat and they let the machine breathe for you. And they said that it's good because, and this does make sense, mm-hmm. that it, it allows your lungs to get a break. You're not powering your lungs. Your lungs are being powered by a mechanical device and they can monitor the oxygen levels and all of that other stuff. I, I don't know that I would have been open to being on the ventilator had I known the odds because my oxygen levels were pretty good throughout this entire thing. Um, and that's, that is weird to me that I, I didn't question. Mm -hmm. I just sort of fell in line when they said, um, ventilator is what I need. I kind of nodded my head. Here's the, and here's the main thing that, so that I look bad there and that wasn't my best work. Well, and that's the, I'll talk, I'll have, I'll tell you my side of that. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Here's what I think happened. <clears throat> because ultimately looking back at this whole thing, and especially if you have followed the Facebook live feed videos, there was a definite spiritual component to this. And I'll talk about kind of the culmination of that. I think it began on October 30th. Uh, when we had that conversation, I was distraught and I immediately went to, f- I'm like, I need people to pray. I've been, all my choices of, of how you're going to be treated have been taken away. Y- you're now 
kind of say, you're saying goodbye to me and this you know we're at the end of our rope here what what do you do at the end of the rope you tie a knot and you start praying and I reached out to the prepping 2.0 community on Facebook and I said we need to pray I need to ask you to pray for Glenn I did that on October 30th and it was on and and that conversation scared the living bejeebers out of me because you were saying goodbye and and I think that was the beginning of the spiritual warfare. I'm just going to call it what it is that began and it culminated the next day because the next morning, I can't remember honestly if it was you or the doctor, I think it was you. They called me and said, you need to come in. We're going to have a conversation about you being put on a ventilator today. Do you remember that? How much of that conversation, this will be that conversation with you and the two doctors. I call them frickin' frack or thing one and thing two. I don't like them very much. Um, you have a different opinion of them, but it, your perspective is different. But that conversation was pivotal in this whole experience. So let's go to October 31st. Yeah. So it's time to have the conversation. And um, one thing I need to pause and mm-hmm. emphasize about assuming I'm going to die. Um, this is not a religious show, but I'll tell you something. It is an interesting mental exercise when you think you're going to die. And I did think I was going to die, as you can tell, saying goodbye to Shelby and you'll have a nice life and there's life insurance money and all of these sorts of very concrete, I'm going to die sort of conversations um, to know that I'm going to heaven, to know with absolute certainty, I'm getting emotional, absolute certainty. And it's one thing to think about it when you're healthy in the abstract. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have a a place in heaven because I've been saved. It's one thing to think it. It's another thing to start acting upon it and realizing what all it means. And I started thinking about how unfair it was to leave you here, Shelby, without me and have 30 plus years on this earth without me and how... Um, you know, we're relocating, starting a, I'm starting a new law firm, um, all these things that just get halted and how you would have to live without me and how unfair it was for me to get to go to heaven. I really viewed it as it's unfair that I get to go to heaven. Right. Um, and quite honestly, I, I think in the back of my mind, um, I was not fighting at this point. Right. You can tell I'm not right. fighting. Um, I, I, I preferred going to heaven, but I, I realized that it was unfair, as I mm-hmm. say, and that I couldn't just, just take the easy way out. I mean, I could have, as a, as a practical matter, um, I could have said no intubation and, and do not resuscitate and all these things. I could have gone to heaven if I wanted to, but something kept me fighting and it and it wasn't my own will because my will at that moment was to die Mm -hmm. and that's not the fighter that many of you think i am it's not the fighter that i think i am that's what's weird is that you don't recognize that in your when i relate to you and we we've obviously we've gone over this conversation a few times and obviously it gets pretty deep you you're like, it, you don't recognize yourself in these conversations. You, yeah. You know, and that's, again, where I think there's there's a spiritual, and I'm sorry, folks, that God intervened here. And if, if, if you are, if this isn't your religion, I get it. This may turn you off. I get it. But this is what happened. This is yeah. a recounting of the story. And, and I can't tell this story without talking about prayers and Jesus and God and intervention by God's healing hand. So um, I apologize if that's offensive to you. I don't think it is because nobody has come back to me and, sa- and said in all of the prayers that I've asked for, no one has said anything. So for well, that, quite I'm to glad. The, yeah. Quite to the contrary. There have been a couple notable examples um, of people who have said, I was never a Christian. I never believed exactly. in God. And I started praying for you, and one of them, getting choked up, got baptized and has become a Christian because of praying for me. Wonderful. That's wonderful. 
uh, okay, so sorry for the emotion. No, please, I'm going to jump in here. I've talked about this before, and we'll get back to this weird conversation on the 31st. We know from the New Testament, Glenn, that God does miracles. Not only does he do miracles for the person that he's directed the miracle at, you know, the the making the blind man see, raising Lazarus from the dead. Those people in that moment experienced the healing hand of Jesus. But it doesn't just end with that person. The witnesses of yeah. people around who witnessed the miracle and the healing hand of Jesus then come to Christ. So the miracle he's given us is so that people may come to Christ. Amen. Not only come to Christ, but have if, if you're already in Christ, have your faith renewed because yeah. it's absolutely clear that the prayers... And we estimate them in the thousands yeah. because of the number of listeners we have and the feedback we got. Um, thousands of people praying. They see that prayer works. That is powerful yeah. reaffirming of your faith. Absolutely. And that's one of the things God wants to accomplish through my living. Absolutely. I mean, it's not just that God likes the show and he wants the show to go on. Um, there, there are things that he wants me to do down here on earth. And he knows that I have to be alive and down here on earth to make it happen. And so that's one of the reasons I think he intervened in all of this. So let's go back to October 31st. And and I've alluded to this and I've talked about it before, but again, the more that you and I have talked about it since then. So several things happened and I think the timing of it was key I get there to the ICU I get all gowned up and masked up and PPP'd up and you and I in your hospital room with two doctors talking about the benefits of going on a ventilator you're wanting it you are and I'm going to summarize because this was about a four hour long conversation well four hour long visit with you several key players came and went the doctor is telling me this is the best thing for you. You're telling me you want it, and you're also saying goodbye to me. There's a couple of phone calls you received on your phone where you're saying, I'll see you in heaven. Um, you have texted your children and let them know this may be, I, I may be dying here. Um, we've, had, we've then had conversations about, <laughs> then we had really boring conversations about what like what uh, health insurance we should choose during our, our choosing period? Um, who how there's an envelope you wanted me to mail? Yeah, <laughs> there's this really mortgage payment. Yeah, there you go. So I'm touching you. I'm rubbing your arms. I'm telling you, I don't want to live on this planet without you. And I and I'm envious that you get to go see Jesus, but that's not fair to me. Um, so there's those kind of conversations. The doctors come in, and I can tell two things two things i'm fighting two fronts here i'm i'm and the word fight i'm arguing maybe with you who are telling me words that you want to die that you want to go on a ventilator and you'll see me in heaven and then i have these two over here i've talked about this how one of them dressed me down for dressed me down and chewed me out like a toddler for trying to get ivermectin to you to the point where the other doctor said oh we're being a little heavy-handed here and and are chewing out of you uh and, I, and at that moment, in one of those moments, I think it's when he's chewing me out, the words go through my head, and that doesn't happen very often because I'm not Grant, uh, Grant Matson. The words go through my head, get behind me, Satan. And, and Referring I, to the doctors. To the doctors in front of me. And I'm, I'm realizing as I look back on that conversation, there was, there was a skirmish going on in the heavenly realms between good and evil, and it was over your soul. And so there we're in this dark moment. And the other thing you insisted on um, is the the hospital chaplain who you had gotten to know during your ostomy yeah, reversal. Great, great man, John. Um, I refer to him many times, and he's actually in one of our videos because he showed up once. He you had insisted that you that you see him before you go on the ventilator, and you wanted to be on the ventilator before five o'clock that day before the doctor went home. So John, thank goodness it was a Sunday took a while to get there because he's a pastor and he is this seven foot tall powerhouse of a Christian. Six five. Six five. Yeah. Gosh, he's a huge dude. 
walks in and he just takes over. He's like, we need to get some Jesus healing in here. And we're going to put some, lay some hands down and we're going to start praying. And he was, and if you watch the video I did on this on October 31st, he was that breath of fresh air and healing and light and salt that we needed in the room after having this morose conversation about how you're going on the ventilator and going to die, essentially. Yeah. And he and you got very emotional when John was in there. And I'm glad. And it was after John prayed and prayed for healing and prayed some more and then prayed some more that you were like, I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you soon. We'll we'll do. We'll go. We'll enjoy Christmas in December. And suddenly we have. You're back. The fight is coming back. And and again, if you're not convinced that there wasn't some spiritual things happening in the heavens, it was at that moment I felt like the angels were getting an advantage, if you know what I mean. So John and I stepped out of the, the, and we're praying. Here's what I almost think is rude. We're praying, and they're hauling equipment in, and they're switching out all your equipment. They're moving because they're going to ventilate you. And John and I stood outside the glass window and watched. And I've said time and time again, if you want to watch that procedure be done to a loved one, be prepared because it's not easy to watch. So what are your thoughts on all of this that I just kind of talked about? Well, I don't remember big chunks of it. Um, I vaguely remember changing my mind that I will see you again and talking about December Mm -hmm. and coming back, coming home. Um, And John was a very interesting guy. He, from the get-go, he just said, You're going to live. I'm going to live. And it was just a foregone conclusion. It was a matter of fact to him. Yeah, it was a matter of fact. He told the doctors, this one's, he's going to live. And... He just felt it. If you talk to him today, he'll say, I just, I knew it. I just knew it. And that was really reassuring. And I think that now that I, we recount the story for the hundredth time, (laughs) um, little bits and pieces get filled in. And I think that John, the chaplain, got me off of... I'm going to go see Jesus and what, what are, what's going to happen to my, my law office, all my law books, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, where, where, who's going to get my law books, you know, those, and, and Shelby's going to live without me. And it, it went from that to being positive. Now I wasn't hundred percent positive. I wasn't rah, 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 going to fight again. This is the half of the story where I do not come out looking mm-hmm. good, but you know, your, your listeners, you're part of this family and many of you prayed. So you get, you get full access to what yes. happened, the good, the bad and the ugly. And, um, as far as going on the ventilator and getting the tube down my throat, apparently I was, I was physically resisting. I have no recollection. I think they just turned up the, the sedation, the sedation level. And, um, I obviously have no recollection of it. Well, then I think the story goes, unless there's something I'm missing, to eight days of being on the ventilator. Yeah. Yeah. So real quick, I'm going to take a break there and um, give a quick shout out to some of our awesome sponsors. Katie Armour, great folks over there. Katie is C-A-T-I, stands for Come and Take It. They specialize in steel body plates for... everyday people, not necessarily just for military or law enforcement. And this is the time of, this is the time to get them if you haven't. If you haven't watched uh, some of the things that have been happening in our cities again with riots, it's a good thing to get. So you can check them out. Again, find them on the Friends and Affiliates page at Prepping 2-0. Use the coupon code GRANT at checkout and you will get 10% off your order. Other great sponsor of ours, Jared Savick. He and his lovely wife are realtors in the Kalispell, Montana area. They are experts in what it takes to put together a really good prepping property, whether it be in town, out of town, or way out of town. Um, you can find them at Seize the Day Montana. That's Seize the Day MT.com. And be sure when you email them to let them know that Glenn and Shelby sent you. Another new to us uh, sponsor is US Law, U.S. Law Shield. They specialize in legally protecting those out there who have protected themselves, whether 
it's a Kyle Rittenhouse situation or whether you got in a fist fight with somebody and protected yourself, um, they can help you legally. And uh, currently, it's right basically now, insurance. It's basically insurance. So uh, if you use the coupon code at checkout again at our friends and affiliates page, use the coupon code PREP and you will get 14 months for the price of 12. And it's only like 100 bucks a year. Yeah, so super, it's not, yeah. I was stunned at how cheap it is. Mm-hmm. Peace of mind. And think about if Kyle Rittenhouse would have opened up the Yellow Pages, a yeah. reference uh, that younger viewers or younger listeners won't know, uh, and just grabbed any old lawyer, it probably wouldn't have turned out well. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, and we're going to carry this conversation into the after show. So then you're on the, I watch you get put on a ventilator and I go home and I am distraught and I go back to uh, Facebook and I do um, a live feed video saying, folks, the only path I see at this point, because all of my, my, any control that I have, any levers I had are gone. I said, and I remember you and I would, that's the one video that you watched is that one. And I, it was hard for you to watch. It was hard for me to watch for different reasons. It was hard for me to watch. But the, toward the end of that, and I'm talking about John, and I said, the only path I see is that we pray him off this ventilator and we get him home so we can heal his lungs. And I can't help but say, and we'll finish off this story, um, but you came off the ventilator, you came home, and we're healing your lungs. Those That was yeah. our prayer, and here we are. And we're going to, we only have like a minute or two left, so we don't, I don't want to go too far deep in the woods again, but what are your thoughts on that, Glenn? Um I don't remember a thing being on the ventilator. Mm-hmm. Um, a very interesting story that I guess we'll tell in the after show is when they would wake me up, partially mm-hmm. wake me up. Move me around. Yeah. Move, move me around. And when I was partially awake, um, I, well, I'll just start the story and we'll yeah. finish it in the yeah. after show. You responded. I responded and I remember with every single fiber in my being. I cannot stress enough how absolutely 100% focused and driven I was. I said out loud, don't kill me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live. And that's the second half of the story where I come out looking a lot better (laughs) than in the beginning. I wanted to live and I let him know. And funny story, I, I actually threatened to kill the doctors. Um, I said that if you kill me, I'm going to kill you right back, which is kind of interesting given that I was, you know, intubated <laughs> and had a tube in my throat and really had no leverage and no ability to kill anyone. By the way, I subsequently apologized. But this is when I come back looking better. So take us out, Shelby, and we'll continue the story in the after show. Folks, from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.